BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Hey, y'all, you want to get saucy, pert, and greasy with the ladies from someplace underneath? Well, then slip and slide right on down to Ryman Auditorium in Nashville, Tennessee. The Country Jamboree from Last Podcast Network is June 18th. Tickets out now. Get on. Well, they're spicy. Get on with it. (laughs) Yeah, it's Nashville, baby. (laughs) I feel like I'm perpetuating stereotype. Get on. Come on. We howl. a big old blanket content warning on this episode we will be discussing some pretty extreme child abuse and in the sense of we won't be doing much graphic uh, descriptions of what was alleged to have happened but we will have to be talking about some pretty harsh uh topics so if you feel like that might be too much for you you know feel free to skip this one and we'll we'll get you back at the next one Someplace underneath. today natalie it's very like translucent iridescent i'm making up words but it's beautiful yeah uh thank you um this is the kind of eyeshadow that's liquid so it takes literally no effort whatsoever to put it on and that's all i could come up with you're dressed beautifully today i am wearing a onesie like a baby (laughs) i was gonna have us do uh Dress up day. I wanted us to both wear teal swan outfits, but uh, I didn't even get a chance to put on pants or a shirt. You got a zip up and you have fantastic fashion sense, Natalie. I really trust you. you. And who's your character again? What's it called? Um, Lime. Wait, what was it? Lime Lime salsa? Lime salsa. salsa? I don't remember what I said. (laughs) And I'm um, honey silk. I think you are honey silk. Honey, honey, shit. Shit on a whore. Wait. Honey shit. That's Honey. a fun one. It's very <laughs> provocative. It's provocative. Provocative. My God, my brain. Um, it, You know, what are these luxurious words? Um, Gosh, darn it. It's not silk. Satin. Satin? Satin? Honey satin? Honey. I don't know. 
shit sandwich. I feel, honey shit sandwich. I feel like most of my, because we're getting into this teal swan and she's very luxurious. So we, mm-hmm. we have to like elope our brain with these sort of honey dewdrop teal swan sexy woman words. Mm-hmm. And my usually, my tone of voice is like, fucky shit ass dick, oh yeah. And like, you, can, you know, I've got to be elevated today. That's elevated to somebody, baby, somewhere. <laughs> Welcome to Someplace Underneath. I'm actually Natalie Jean. I'm Amber Nelson. And uh, yeah, this is really, this episode is the embodiment of what you were talking about last time, Amber, where you found this spiritual guy on YouTube and you saw the first video and you're, oh, this is interesting. Okay, I, I get this. And then you fell asleep and then you woke up on the 12th video and it was Talking about like Jewish people are aliens. Yeah. So what happened two through eleven? Yeah. What did I miss? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is really what we find with Teal here. I've been going through video twelve, if you will, of hers. Um, I've never seen you like this, Natalie. You, you're like um, you're like a squirrel that's like hungry for blood. Yeah, and also I feel weird. I feel like I'm tripping because I think a couple reasons. One because. Your your brain is not usually accustomed to hearing these kind of horrific details of child abuse. It's a lot. With it being spoken so flippantly yeah. and sort of offhandedly and kind of tossing it out there. It, not that it makes it easier to hear when somebody is going through it emotionally, but it it's like it makes sense and it's almost seeing like it's almost like two images that don't line up correctly in your eyes, hearing somebody say, I had shards of glass under my nails, no big deal. What do you want for lunch, Natalie? Yes. Yes. That way, it, because as I've already been clear, I, I don't personally believe these things happened. Um, Which is a lot to say, especially we're two big old stinky feminists to like disbelieve a woman. It's a lot. Yeah. And I think that's the other reason is that I am not usually in the business of trying to point fingers at people who claim abuse and go like, you're a liar. (laughs) I am. (laughs) But uh, it's important. And I don't like, I don't like doing that. Because she has followers of people that are like, you went through hell and back. So I, here's my money. Yes. Because she's presented herself as a spiritual leader and she's using this as her backbone for her entire ideology. I think it's really damaging and we'll get into some of the reasons why today. But yeah, it's not, I don't enjoy this. I don't most of the time look at somebody's trauma and go, let me try to break this apart. Let me, di- let me just dissect this till it's all fake. I know. And the thing that sucks about this, like I was saying earlier before we started recording, this is going to make women that come forward with trauma less believed. Yes. Yeah. It, it, it makes a lot of different facets of people who are tra- being traumatized and tortured less believed and less yeah. relevant to people because we have this is again this is the QAnon shit that we're having i think it's another another reason three why this is really getting to me it's very reminiscent of QAnon stuff where there's these d- discussions of these horrible things happening with not a stitch of evidence and then people decide they're going to believe them and believing the fake things makes the real things just get lost in the mix. Mm. So there are actual trafficked children things that people are ignoring because they're wanting to talk about this one that's spicier, that like yeah. has like celebrities in it and the all this stuff. The pizza emails. Yeah. Yeah. Look at the actual kids that are trafficked. Right. <laughs> it's not It's not so like easy and pe- it's not people you hate. It's not always people you think suck. Sometimes it's people you trust and like and think are yeah. cool. So anyway, last episode, we talked about where Teal Swan came from. 
in a little bit about her origin story. Again, I, I'm also stressing that I absolutely am not suggesting that she wasn't abused. No, and trauma does come out in different ways. Right. You know, like you don't have to be breaking down into tears describing something. A hundred percent. There, There's no correct way to experience or yeah. process trauma at all. No, and there's also no timeline. Like you can be sad all of a sudden that's something that happened 15 years ago. Uh -huh. Absolutely. And I think that there's probably a chance she did experience some form of abuse. Mm -hmm. But today I want to get a little bit deeper into some of her claims. If you'll recall, Teal says that she was a victim of satanic, a satanic cult led by a family friend. Which is a hard thing to say. She says it real easily. It's <laughs> really easy. I was in a satanic cult as a child. That's yep. like, what? Yep. So for 13 years, she says that she was tortured by this cult and no one knew about it. So while these claims aren't the sole reason we're talking about her on Spun, I think that it's important to look at all of these things that she's saying happen because of their impact on the work she does. So she offers, you know, self-help for anyone struggling with depression, not just from child abuse. But at the end of the day, the satanic cult ritual abuse stuff is the basis for all of her doctrine. Mm. And this won't be the first time we've talked about the satanic panic here on this here show. Oh, it's fun. I like the town, the term um, satanic panic. It's yeah, it rolls off the tongue. Yeah. And it's very funny. Uh, it's I mean, it's horrible. It's tragic. And, and people went to jail uh, for nothing. Didn't people like commit suicide in the 80s because of like a death metal album or something? Well, they said they said people were. I watch Maury Povich and I believe every word. he Oh, says. no. <laughs> <laughs> That was a thing that they said was, was happening. But mm -hmm. there, during the satanic panic, the funny part is whenever – so the police departments got involved in, the, in this, and we'll get into this background here very briefly. But um, they started making these videos to teach police about satanic rituals. And they are – I have – I'm going to post them oh, yeah. for the show because they are mwah, chef's kiss. Brothers, you got to draw your gun against this devil. Well, there's this one that's being led by this – this guy with a mullet that is just he's walking around this park and he's also making sure to disparage gay people along with Satanists and going like they're one and the same. They both come here to get, get together and he shows he sh he'll stand next to a tree with a pentacle spray painted on it very clearly put there by the video people and be like, this is what you call a pentacle. This is what they use for the rituals when they come here to the park. And this was given out to police forces as educational. That's so funny. Just cops doing butt stuff in the park, just planting it there. Yeah, yeah. let's go plant some um, uh, butt stuff. Yeah, yeah yep. Uh, I mean, we're going to have to kiss for the video because they oh, need man. to see what gay gay stuff looks like. So, <laughs> Cliff, are you cool? You want to come in? <laughs> so you might remember from our first season when we discussed the case of Michael Long in my personal belief that he confused his child enough into getting her to make these accusations that are most likely inaccurate on camera and how the footage of this child in distress saying these horrific things helped create a mania across the internet and no one needed to have any further questions it was just yep this guy just filmed his daughter without blurring her face threw it on the internet and said this is happening there you go and also let her have private chats with adult men uh, that whole go Sir. back and listen to that that series if you want it's a hot hot stinking mess it's a mess but our emotions you know because we, we're human beings mm -hmm. we're emotions wrapped in flesh we see a child's crying or we see this like beautiful woman with these beautiful blue eyes talking about her you know getting 
stuff shoved under her nails mm-hmm. and the satanic abuse. And we just, oh, my God, here's my money. Yeah, I mean, and, and it's that's what makes it really, really kind of evil. Yeah. But, you know, this concept reminded me when we were doing the Michael Long series the, of the satanic panic phenomenon of the 80s and 90s. And how some of those kids who were coached into believing these traumatic events by authority figures, you know, would come out of that eventually and be like, this didn't happen. They they, they told me it happened until I agreed. So some of them ended up sending their parents and care providers to jail. Oh, and, my God. This is like Salem witch trials. I mean, it literally, I mean, it's basically the same thing. Yeah. Uh, and now a lot of them who've grown up, they've come to retract these things and say that they never happened, but they were coached into believing them. Mm. We brought up the brutal case in that series of Melvin and John Quinney. John, as a nine-year-old, took the stand in court to say that his father, Melvin, was the leader of a satanic cult and that he had been abused ritualistically. My by- daddy was in a satanic cult and um, 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 he abused? Yeah, I mean. Sorry, he's nine years old. Who's going to believe? You know what? Believe children. What am I saying? Sorry. No, but this is the thing. It's that it's that rallying cry of believe the children, save the children. We absolutely should, but we have to have a stitch of evidence. You can't, we have to understand that people manipulate children. It's not always a cut and dry thing. You can't always believe what a child says, not because they're liars, but because their brains are little and they're confused sometimes. They are, kids obviously get abused by adults all the time, but you have to analyze it further to, to understand what's going on. This is example of what happens when we don't do that. People spent a decade in jail who did nothing. And this is what happened with John. He sent his dad to jail for eight years. Oh, my God. John, now as an adult, recounts how the police who were trying to get information out of him based on his his mother's accusations, which is what's happened a lot with the satanic panic. It's very clear in retrospect to them that the mother was going through some mental illness and she started accusing John's father after all of the satanic panic started happening in the news that this was happening to her kids. So that poor dad, his family against him. That dude breaks my heart because he's like the clearly the most gentle guy. And it took his, he got out of jail in 1999, but his family didn't, this kid, the kids just didn't know how to process that. And they didn't get back together and like have a relationship with their dad again until like 2014, I think. So this poor guy's just been living alone on a sex register and everything like, no family. And he just seems like such a gentle person. So yeah, based on these accusations, the police were using leading questions and things like literal sleep deprivation techniques saying that, you know, John, could this could all be over if he just said what they needed him to say. And it worked. John just started agreeing with what they were saying. And not only that, as a child, he started believing it. So he realizes now that he just wanted to go home He just allowed himself to say whatever they needed him to. These cops were behaving this way based on training techniques that were based on the highly discredited methods created by psychiatrist Lawrence Pazder, the man who wrote the debunked biography Michelle Remembers, co-written by his psychiatric patient turned wife, Michelle Smith. Oh, wow. He was seeing this woman. He was like, I love you. You know, here's the thing. Anybody can be a spiritual leader. 
Um, and that's kind of scary because a spiritual yes. leader, it's a, it's a doctor for your soul, basically. Mm -hmm. um, and to be a doctor, to like get in there and do surgery, you have to go through years of training. Mm -hmm. But for someone to just go into your mind and implant memories and speak to you, like this really happened, didn't it? Mm -hmm. um, you can just, any old average Joe yes. could do it. Yes, which is now what Teal is actively doing. And by 1987, Pazder reported that he was spending a third of his time consulting on satanic ritual abuse cases and speaking with police forces trying to explain satanic ritual abuse. The book that they wrote about Michelle has been widely debunked. Like so much of it was easily disprovable, including parts of her life story. Her family was just like, they, they don't even mention, there's no mention that she has sisters in the book, even though she grew up with sister. Like all this crazy stuff that's very easily provable. So it got widely discredited, but the the damage was done. The people who wanted to believe in this stuff got the thing they wanted to hear in their ear, and then they just went with it, which is what we, again, see with this sort of QAnon-esque mind space where you yeah. just go like, you know, it's, eh, it, uh, I like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it feels good yeah. to hear that celebrities and politicians are getting together and writing emails about pizza for little children. Yeah. Now, do I think that politicians and, um, Hollywood types are pedophiles, a lot of them? Of course. But I think they're just flat out saying, let's go have sex with this child. I don't think they're yeah. skirting around the issue here. Right. And, and the, the fact of the matter is there's no political party that is exclusive to sex offenders. No. They, they are everywhere. They've all been to Epstein's <laughs> Island, Republicans and yes. Democrats. Yes. But there's a difference between finding evidence to, you know, convict somebody and just saying Whatever you want, <laughs> going like, just just say whoever you don't like is a pedophile. It's fine. Hell just go yeah. ahead. So yeah, so Pastor was was uh, counseling police forces at this point with this debunked memory retrieval stuff that he started to talk about in his book, and so because of that, people like Melvin went to jail for uh, ten almost ten years. Oh. And after Pastor started the trend of retrieving repressed memories, other psychiatrists and therapists picked up on the trend. Not only supplying patients with false memories, but being used as expert witnesses in child abuse cases. One of the most prolific and destructive therapists to use this recovered memory tactic and to testify that people were molesting children with no evidence whatsoever, who has caused unspeakable damage to individuals and families over the span of several decades, is a woman named Barbara Snow. Mm -hmm. Barbara Snow looks like, um, you know when you order like a blow-up doll? And um, the package comes in and it's like flat because it's got a ship. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's what she looks like. Like yeah. her face is like a scrunchied blow up doll. It does look like that. <laughs> I was trying to express why I felt like her eyes weirded me out. And this yeah. is not a, uh, like a, an ugly shame or anything, but she's got a weird look in her eye. Yeah. And it does kind of look like she's a partially deflated blow up doll. <laughs> You're right. Good, good call. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I don't want to ugly shame either. But you know what? Sometimes it's fun. Sometimes it's fun. Come on. <laughs> Barbara Snow practices out of Salt Lake City, Utah. And yes, I said practices, as in she present tense sees patients. You can go get a session with her right now. Let's go. I know we should. Which just makes my brain want to just shut down and, and just go to Tahiti and retire. <laughs> I just can't handle it. That she's currently after. Let me just explain further. So tell me about this bitch. 
there she is in all of her glory. She's got a Karen haircut for fucking sure, of course. Yeah. So in the 1980s, Snow was a member of the Association of Mormon Counselors and Psychotherapists. And she just ate that satanic cult shit up with a spoon. She loved it so much. So in collaboration with another counselor, Snow developed a framework that identified four stages children go through when disclosing sexual abuse. According to the study, the first stage, denial, occurs when a child claims the abuse did not happen. Disclosure is subdivided into two phases, tentative and active, which occurs when the child acknowledges the occurrence of abuse. Recant is a retraction of prior disclosure. The final stage, reaffirm, is the final reassertion that the abuse happened. So, of course, so the first stage is like, no, it didn't happen? Yeah. Well, yeah, bitch, maybe it didn't happen then. Yeah. To my untrained plebe eye... That sounds a whole lot like the process of gaslighting. Negging. It sounds like a man at a bar being like, come on, you want me to get my number? I'm like, no, I don't. Come on. Until you're like, I guess I do. I guess I have to. <laughs> no, denial, disclosure, tentative disclosure, recanting, saying, no, this didn't happen. And then finally the reaffirmation. That is what it they, is. <laughs> they just want to go home. They're like, okay, whatever you want. Yes. And she was doing this to children. Oh, God. So that is to say Barbara practiced and continues to practice the largely criticized form of therapy known as memory recovery. It's been widely studied and shown that our brains confuse memories with imagination, especially in a setting with a professional encouraging you or somebody like an authority figure over you encouraging you and kind of persuading you into remembering things. Mm. In her tumultuous four-decade career, she has been a part of multiple sexual abuse cases that put numerous people in jail. In jail. Many of which displayed absolutely no evidence of the crimes accused. There are people who are still on the sex offenders registry today, despite there being next to no chance that these people did anything nefarious to children. Oh my God. It's been proven that your um, memory is very fickle and shouldn't even be used in a court of law. There That's was true. a um, there was a woman teaching a class at a college about how memory is fickle. Yeah. And then so she's teaching the class and then a robber comes in and takes her purse with a gun, right? Yeah. So the robber leaves and everybody's like, oh my God, there's an uproar. And she said, okay, everybody, what color was his shirt? And nobody could decide, even though it happened five seconds ago. Yeah, for sure. Me memory exactly is fickle. And again, this is not to discredit children who are abused because that clearly happens. And I think that's why we're so upset is because abuse happens yes. and then shit like this happens. So that discredits the actual abuse. Yes. So beyond the testimonies of the children she therapized, most of which she never recorded or took notes on. So when she would go to court and testify, she would just say by memory, which is not just vibes. Just vibes. Just vibing in the corner. Like, I remember there was like this feeling of like, what in there whenever we were talking? Oh my um, God. That's what I would do, to be honest. <laughs> but yeah. But that's like <laughs> but not, not traditional for a therapist to do <laughs> yeah. that in a court. So that that was the only thing that they had as evidence in most any of these cases she talked about. And most of these kids who did express memories of sexual abuse did not until after she started seeing them. One case, for example, a woman brought in her three children to see Snow because they, quote, talked too freely about sex. That was all it made her because it's, you know, conservative area. She probably heard them making jokes about sex or something. Yeah. Kids, that is it. That's it. Kids are going to do what is like they can feel is wrong. Yeah, sure. You know, so wouldn't you know it after a time with being with Barb, they remembered 
being abused in a massive sex ring. This accusation, she has had a lot of patients that were in a lot of sex rings, I'll tell you. There's a lot of sex rings going on. This accusation led to a clusterfuck of Barb throwing out these wild, wild accusations around at the babysitter of these kids, whose other clients suddenly had to be involved. Her suggesting this sitter was a prolific child molester that was a part of a ring that involved a bunch of people in the community. If anyone pushed back against her, that sounds... You know what? If you push back against her, I don't know. It sounds a lot like child molester talk to oh me. Oh, my God. No, I did not molest those children. Sounds like a child molester would say. By 1987, Snow had lodged accusations against 40 adults, nearly all of them Mormons. A lot of people were under her spell, but not everyone bought into it, and including some of the judges and cops who were dealing with her on a regular basis. During another sex abuse trial, Utah police deliberately fed her false information to see if her suggestive interviewing techniques were influencing the children's allegations. Soon enough, this information appeared in the answers of the children she interviewed. Huh, funny. Isn't that crazy? So this was taken from a 1996 issue of the Chicago Reader. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. There's hardly any better proof that she's making these kids have false memories than this. The cops fed her... Bullshit storylines that nobody knew but her. And then suddenly the kids are coming back to the cops and telling them that these things happened to them. Yeah, they, the cops planted it because yes. they wanted to see if it was false. Yes. And ding dong, and it, it was. And it discredited her testimony in this specific case. And meanwhile, people are going to jail. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the most fucked up things. It wasn't just her either. A bunch of, because with the Melvin and John Kinney case, that wasn't even her. That was just, this is another crop of people who went to jail. So anyway, why are we talking about this? Why am I blabbling on about Barbara Snow? Well, Barbara Snow was Teal Swan's therapist when wow. Teal was in her early 20s. Wow. Yes, that's correct. Mary Teal Bosworth saw Barbara Snow as a therapist in the early 2000s. Remember the story last week when we talked about her boyfriend pushing her into the rape crisis center? And Oh, yeah. Well, that's where she met Barbara. In the rape crisis center? Mm-hmm. And her satanic cult claims began publicly only after her time with Barbara Snow. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. Isn't that a weird coincidence? This is really, really quite a coincidence. <laughs> I want to talk about some of Teal's claims now. And I want to talk about them not just to dissect them, but because Teal uses the same memory pooling techniques with her followers. And you'll never believe it. A bunch of them have come to remember that their family and friends molested them as children after they came to see her. Everybody's getting molested. Which is true. A lot of people do get molested. Yeah. However, there aren't hundreds and millions of people who have zero 
memory of it happening and then suddenly remember all of it. That's really not how like memory oppression works. Usually you have some understanding of maybe you don't know all the details and something is a little bit blacked out. But so you have so many people show up not having feeling like they were molested and then suddenly feeling like they were molested is not something that I would consider to be realistic. Yeah, that's weird. Like you have a following of people and all of a sudden they all got molested. Mm -hmm. Like every single one of them. No one was untouched. A lot of them. Maybe maybe not everybody says that they were, but a lot of them. Like I've listened to some of the people who've gone to her um, seminars and they go from feeling like maybe something childhood made them like sad to being like, I'm pretty sure my dad raped me when I was an infant. Oh, my God. At her suggestions, by the way. So I don't think I need to explain how fucked up that is. <laughs> but Because also you're going to start believing it's true. Yes. Even if it, if it did happen, I'm so sorry. And please yes. seek counseling and I'm here for you. But if it didn't, now that's in your brain and it might as well have happened, I guess. Because yes. you're going to live your life sad with this on your shoulder as a burden. Uh, not only that, but a person who maybe didn't molest you is now... Being jail. thought of as or not even even if it's not in jail, just they're living their life being accused by somebody of molesting them. <laughs> like, what if somebody just lodged a, a complaint at you, Amber? Like, and you're just like, what? But they believe it happened, so now you just like have to live with that. It's not it's not okay. No. Now, of course, there are very well cases that she has experienced and and who have come to her for help who were molested. Like they're. There probably were some people in there who were molested. Yeah. But like my my problem with her saying these other things is like, say if Teal was molested, you're discrediting again. If you're adding all of these things on that didn't happen, you're discrediting it in a way that will make it harder for somebody to be believed. Yeah. If I can debunk a bunch of what you're saying, then the actual abuse gets lost in the mix. This is why women, when they go on the internet and say, like, he touched me, I was followed, the general consensus at first is, I didn't believe it. All women do is lie. My mother believes that. Yeah. She's always like, I just think women lie. They lie and they make things up. And I'm like, no. Like, I was, like, grabbed. Right. She just doesn't even. Yeah. In, in doing this sort of, like, even if it's, it, some of it's true and there's a bunch of things on top of it that are I mean, I'm not saying like little details are different. I'm saying massive, huge, crazy things are being put like in Teal's case yeah. on top of this story that may have happened to her. Because if you had like a horrible experience, you're probably going to forget what you had for breakfast that morning. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like big glaring things? I mean, things that we'll, we'll talk. OK, we're going to go into some of these accusations because I think it'll make more sense after afterwards. <laughs> I am... Only taking claims that come directly from her, either in writing or verbal, except for one, which was written in a blog post by one of her ex-husbands, who was her husband at the time, and she's never refuted what he wrote. So I presume she signs off on its authenticity because he wrote it for the Teal community while they were married. Mm -hmm. And so some of the debunkers, of which there are many tried to form a case to defame her by using examples of how she was acting at any given time, be it talking about her abuse or when she's recalling her abuse. And I know that I'm saying I feel disturbed by how she's speaking of it. And I know that that, again, is still just a speculation. It's not proof. But 
it does give me a weird feeling in my gut, but I don't ever want to say that this is how somebody copes with abuse and it's the only right way. I don't think that's a good way to, to debunk anybody's claims by saying, well, she she's saying that she had this happen to her and then she got into a car later and she she could drive. And it's like, well, that that doesn't necessarily mean like people process shit differently. So yeah. I, I'm not saying I'm not going to bring up the other things like people who are debunkers of her bring up a lot of inconsistencies in her stories that are minor to me and don't. They don't necessarily equate to being a lie. So I'm not going to talk about those. There's no correct way to react or behave or, you know. So let's we're trying to stay out of the victim blamey realm here. The other thing is I'm not going to bring up her claims against this man that are realistically plausible. So like we said, it's quite possible she had experienced physical abuse. And if she is talking something about something that is physically feasibly possible that happened through the laws of time and physics and rational thought, I'm not going to bring that up. So I'm still going to be talking here about a long ass list and it's just a fraction of the claims she's made. Oh boy. Buckle up. Okay. So let's just start. The people around her in the LDS were in a secret Mormon cult called the Blood Covenant. Her captor, who she refers to as Doc, who's the veterinarian we discussed, and he'll be referred to as Doc here, was part of this LDS cult and a satanic cult at the same time, both of which basically did the same thing, but he was in two cults. That's cool. Um, I still cannot, I I, I couldn't remember. <laughs> isn't that pretty cool? I mean, I guess you can like, you know, have a side hustle. Yeah. Like a job, main job and a side hustle. Yeah. And I, uh, last week I was saying that I would find the name of the satanic cult and I am having such a hard time finding the the clip where she says the name of the satanic cult. She only mentioned it the one time that I've ever found. It, it might have gotten deleted, just like the video where she said that um, suicide is a, is a reset button. It's definitely in the research that I've done, but I've watched like 60 hours of her talking. I need a research assistant, but we don't have any money. So, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. So she's saying that this happened. There's a lot of, of course, issues with this. One of the, which being this doctor was never in the LDS or Mormon or practiced Mormonism in any way, but that's to say the least. So the next thing, for she was forced to go under, undergo three abortions, Ooh. all fathered and aborted by the doc himself. That's horrible. Yeah, it's horrible. While this could be physically possible for a tiny child to not have anybody notice a doctor, there would be an extreme trauma to the child's body. Let's just say that. There would be. And like I was saying also before we started recording, my I remember I was in a little shop and my dad, because we were talking about publicly, like wouldn't people notice and call CPS? Uh, you know, we're in a little shop and like we were poor growing mm -hmm. up. And my dad called me a you know, stupid fucking bitch in public. And I could see people wanting to call and wanting to do something and no one did. Right. So it is very possible that like something can happen publicly that is very traumatic and uh -huh. no one does anything because yes. they all think somebody else is going to do it. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think in these in this circumstance, the people who were around her weren't passersby, but she was seeing doctors, therapists, teachers, teachers. parents. She was, you know, doing stuff like horseback riding and stuff like people would. They would notice a pregnant child. That and also to do three abortions on a child would cause traumatic injuries. 
essentially, especially by a veterinarian using animal equipment. Yeah, like a horse fight, fight bicep. Yeah. So she also says she was sold to men for sex out of outdoor gas station bathrooms. She says she was sex trafficked up to eight men a night as an adolescent, which again, as this, she's a very small, thin, like skinny framed I hate girl. this. Yeah, because no, that I could hate... happen, but like, ugh. I know. It's really dis- it's really disturbing to talk about it. The thing is, is if she were to have been trafficked for up to eight men a night, again, it would have caused hospital level damage to a little kid's body. Yeah. And she wasn't kidnapped. She was around her family, her, you know, her school. People saw her on a regular basis. Yeah. There are kids who are trafficked who probably go through something that horrible, but nobody's looking at them because they're they would know that they needed to go to the hospital. Yeah, they don't have like teachers around them mm-hmm. all the time. And, and then, you know, keep in mind, she went to a therapist who's involved in the satanic panic. Yes. Okay. Yes. And this, again, is only stuff that I am bringing up because of the fact that all of these claims added up together don't make any sense. Yeah. If you experienced child abuse that was of this gravity, I am so sorry and I am definitely not calling you a liar. No. She said she was used as a lure to other children that ended up being hurt or on occasion killed. We'll get into why I feel that that doesn't make a ton of sense here in a second. She said that modeling trips were the only trips he condoned her taking because she would pay him if she made any money at it. I hate this because this kind of stuff actually does happen. I know. This is why it's really it makes me so upset because I don't think that this happened to her. And there are reasons... For example, with this, her timelines don't make any sense. So when she's saying that, this is also at the same time, for example, her mom took her to China for a year. This is all happening around the same time, but she's saying that he would not allow her to go anywhere. Oh, yeah, but now you're in China, but you're not allowed to go anywhere. And did you get an abortion in China? Yeah. The way that she speaks about this time period, the inconsistencies are so drastic that it's hard to believe it. Yes. So she she was also at the time she was doing modeling at, in her late teens, early 20s. She had an old modeling mayhem profile, which I had a model mayhem profile. And I, when I was doing research on this, I looked and mine is still up, which is funny. Ooh. So she was a child model that had three abortions. Well, she was a model when she was, you know, sort of around 15 or so. But this okay. was still supposed to be when she was being... Trafficked. Trafficked. Um, so there are modeling photos of her from this time. Again, this is sounds like it's very body shaming, but she is a stunning girl and she would do a lot of bikini models shoots and stuff. There's there's just no sign of physical trauma on her at all in any of these pictures. And we'll talk about the injuries that she says she got here. Oh god. So she watched in her she claims she watched Doc pour three pots of boiling water on a six year old in a crate. She once, one of the times she said she was pregnant as a teen, the doc was said to have injected her with oxytocin, which resulted in her going into premature labor. She says she was four months pregnant at this time at 15. And as she was miscarrying, she drove herself to a canyon in her car. I guess people can drive in Utah at 15 
I'm pretty sure the federal age is 16, but maybe kids illegally drive a lot in Utah. Also, people from her teenage years said she didn't own a car ever and gave birth to stillborn twins in the snow. She says that then her boyfriend found her and dragged her back to his car and she refused to go to the hospital. So he put her in a bath until the bleeding stopped. So <sighs> this is me also not this is there are a number. It's very graphic and there are a number of fallacies within this story. But the graphic part, much like many stories she tells, is with complete disregard. Just just flip and say like, yeah, he, I just gave birth to stillborn twins in the snow because I couldn't do up, up, up. But I, then again, flippancy is also a way some people deal with trauma. It is. I, I don't know how to explain the way that she says it is. It makes it sound like a lie. I like, don't know how else to say that. But she's removed the story from the from her blog when she got pushed back on it. But if you want to read it in, in its original detail, you can find the archived version at tealswanblog.com. For one thing, she's very small and thin framed. So having twin babies in the second trimester would have definitely shown. Yeah, you'd have had scarring. Also, you would have looked two babies in you on second trimester. You would be showing quite yeah. a bit. But regardless, this boyfriend she mentions, we don't know who this is. Like all of her stories, there's nobody who will back the story up anytime. She's pretty forthcoming about her personal life. She names many of her personal relationships by name or at least references them in multiple stories. But I don't know who this boyfriend is. And she had a boyfriend at this time who also, I guess, didn't notice any of her physical wounds. Why is it that any time that there is anyone present for any part of her story, they aren't there to confirm it? Nobody has defended her from her past at all. Oh, she's just talking. There's nobody. She's saying stuff. Yeah. Nobody's like, yes, I saw her give birth yes. in the snow. Nobody. Nobody has come forward for any of these stories. These are a lot of stories. I know. It, it, this doesn't make any sense that there would not be one person from her for 13 years who will stand beside her and say, yes, I experienced her go through these boyfriends. She had, you know. Anybody else in the satanic cult doc was in? Nobody's coming forward. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll get into that in a second. So here's another one. She was sewn into a corpse for 12 hours. A human corpse. crazy. Sewn into a human corpse for 12 hours, given birth in the snow. Where do I begin with this corpse story? So. This story in particular attracts a lot of attention for obvious reasons. Yes, I was sewed into a corpse for 12 hours. Well, who's the dead body? Let's investigate. Yes. So there's so much so that several morticians have been interviewed about whether they could conceive of a way that this could be possible. Yeah, you got bones and shit. I mean, they they all said it's impossible, but it clearly seems impossible. But, you know, I'm going through like, I want to believe you. Give me a reason to believe anything you've said. And it's like... Is there some way if everything but the skeleton was cleared out that an eight-year-old could fit into a human body? A baby can barely fit into a human body, like in a pregnant belly. It comes out when it weighs like five pounds or, you know, five to ten pounds. So it's impossible. I mean, even if it was just the skeleton inside. So how would even a small child's body fit into another body? You're saying it's like a human turducken? Is that what we're talking about I here? I guess it's just the skin flapping around. And then you sew inside the skin. And can you walk around and be like, ha ha, look at me. I'm a, I'm somebody else now. I mean, it does sound like you'd just be wearing a onesie like I have on right now of a person. <laughs> but just walk into the bank and take out money. <laughs> I'm an adult. <laughs> um, go into a movie theater. Go into an R-rated yeah, movie. Go into the scene R-rated movie. 
<laughs> Even if he made some sort of airway for I'm laughing because this definitely it's did not happen. Crazy. It's just it's the sewn inside the body. It's just that's when it's like, okay, milady, too much. Yes. So even if this in this scenario, if they had made some sort of airway for a kid to breathe in the scenario, wouldn't bodily fluids that body fluids from the corpse cause a series of like make you sick or give you a health issue, or if it was already treated by a mortician, wouldn't the formaldehyde inhalation for that long be toxic? Like, there's just no nothing but questions I yeah, have Yeah, and this. how do you get the skin, you know? Like, it, say if I just wanted a human body to flap around in. Her, her explanation is that the, the veterinarian was friends with the mortician, which the veterinarian also denies. He's been interviewed several times. And he's just like, no, I did not sew a girl inside of a body for 12 hours. Yeah. And it really bums me out because I don't, I'm not letting him off the hook. He could have very well done something to her. Oh, yeah. But he didn't do this. So why are you saying it? You know? So she was forced, apparently, to have sex with the corpse who had his jaw blown off by a gun. She says. That could have happened. You get rigor mortis. Right. Which is what she says. But she says it like, um, again. People react to their traumas in different ways. But in the interview, when she says it, she's sort of like smiling. She says she was forced to have sex with this corpse while her captor cut off pieces of the corpse leg and ate it and watched her have sex with the corpse. So she's bobbing up and down. And then they take off a finger of his. And he eats it. Well, yeah. So. Uh, wow. I, That's I, a lot. Yeah. Was this before or after she got sewn up inside a corpse? After. Okay. Was yeah. it the same corpse? I think it was a different corpse. Wow. Yeah. So technically, you know, this is physically humanly possible, like you just said. But it, I get, I don't know how to explain to you. I'm not saying there's a right way to process trauma, but I don't know how to say that she, the way she describes this encounter makes it sound like she is making it up. She Okay, here's another one. She watched them kill at least 12 children. 12 children? That's a lot. That's like a village. Yeah. So this claim really, really, really bothers me. Because um, kids are ch killed all the time. Yes. For one, let me say up front that I do not believe her with this story. But let's say what she is saying is real and accurate. Who are these children? Were they just a rash of kidnapped children in Utah that I never heard about? Or were these kids all trafficked into Salt Lake City from afar? Was the veterinarian so ultra powerful that he managed to traffic hundreds of children and never got caught? Never pinged the FBI for a second? Never had a single family report him? Never had a single child get reported missing in their area when this was going on? That Teal is the only child ever involved in this who was brave enough to step up? Shouldn't we be looking for these kids that she saw killed and abused? Because Teal said beyond the kids that she killed, that a lot of them were just abused and like left off somewhere. She also says stuff like her and a girl had to do like a sadomasochistic photo shoot where the dad covered them in blood and all this stuff. Where is that girl? Yeah, where is she? Was she killed with one of the 12 kids? Was she sewn up inside a dead body? Well, she 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 talks like this cult has a bunch of adults from the, the area who use their kids in the rituals, including killing some of them, but there's no reports of this happening. So shouldn't we be looking for these kids she saw killed and abused? Shouldn't Till help describe these kids, try to get authorities to help solve this? As such an enlightened being, shouldn't she try to bring closure to the dozen grieving families who don't know where their children are? 
But she doesn't. She uses it as a storyline and she never says anything about it after that. That's just not how people react to watching a bunch of kids get murdered. You would have details about them more than just like the very graphic, gruesome details of their death, which is what she always talks about. Very weirdly, like with the little girl being boiled, she doesn't say anything about this kid other than explains the, the gruesome death of this little girl. She never has anything else to say about maybe where the kid came from, what the kid looked like, anything that could be an identifying factor, nothing. It's just all used for like the sensationalism of it. Yeah, because it feels good, like we were saying about QAnon. Yes. And keep in mind, she went to a therapist that it was a part of the satanic panic that yes. was like denial. Wasn't the first thing denial? Yeah. 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 I mean, essentially, the, the her in her method, Barbara Snow's methodology is the kid comes in without any memories of being molested. Then you try to get some out of them. Then they say yes. And then they deny it. And then you make them fully agree. That is what her methodology is. So if you can't tell, I get pretty angry at someone using these stories to gain sympathy and money when there's literally not a stitch of evidence to back them up. And I want to believe her because this shit, it, some of this stuff happens. I, w- I would love to know who these, sh- I would love to do a series about these children that she's talking yes, about. Yes, let's find those kids. Tell us anything, Teal. Tell us one thing about these children. Let me help. We'll help. We'll send a search out. We'll do fucking research on. We need some something in reference to like who these people are that you're saying were murdered in front of you. I just, I can't. It's like, it's like sensationalizing child murder for profits. And it's the sewn up inside of a dead body that's just pushing it one brick too far. Yeah. I mean. I mean, it's all bad. Also having sex with a corpse with a head blown off. Yeah, there's a there's a lot. I'm only giving you a, a, a selection of things that she said. Oh, but wait, there's more. Yeah, <laughs> but these so, are things that are a little like easier. They're, they're just like wild and can be yes, discredited. Yes, because there's nobody coming forward. No, n- never, never one. So it makes me upset. Yeah, um, I know I'm upset too now. <laughs> Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. So there's more evidence to suggest that these are lies than they're, they're truth. Barbara Snow being her therapist, just one, but that's a pretty big one. In the series The Gateway, which I mentioned last episode, Jennings Brown speaks to some of the people who have come into a, tr- a retreat at Teal's compound, which is called Philia. One gentleman he speaks to is a refugee from Rwanda. Which is, he's been through a lot. He's a refugee from Rwanda. It makes me sick to my stomach as he goes on to say how he feels peace knowing that Teal went through the same amount of trauma that he did, that she's helping him. No, she didn't. He's a refugee from Rwanda. She's a white woman from Utah. Yes. You did not go through the same thing. No. And that man experienced atrocities, like real atrocities that we as soft Americans will never understand. No. Ever. 
Like things that our minds would fucking shut down. And she's exploiting that man's unspeakable pain and it's repulsive. What if he found out that her stories aren't real? What would that do to him? Like trying to finally trust a person and then you just find out they're a fucking liar? Ugh. <laughs> oh. I know I'm, you're screaming and I'm laughing at this. And again, this is how, because this episode is traumatic in itself, ah! to be honest. It's so pissed. I think it's also like you're putting people through all these traumas that you went through. And I don't think that they're real. And so you're a bad person. You're a bad person, Teal. Another but, one. Sorry, oh, and by ahead. the way, she's showing up on normal people's feeds now. I saw Because I, they're seeing video one. They're seeing video one. Yep. And they're falling asleep. Yep. And then video 12 just rolls on in. You're already in the fucking gang at that Sewn point. Sewn up inside of a corpse. Let's Suddenly. go. <laughs> uh, so, okay, another claim she made. This is a thing that potentially could happen, but she says she engaged in bestiality. This is a possibility, but she threw it out there as a side note in one of her blogs, which was subsequently deleted from the internet, and it didn't feel like it. She just didn't. Yeah. The way she said it was just like, oh, yeah, and also uh, the bestiality. Yes, why not? Throw that in there. Who cares? I mean, for sure, I've said things on the internet that happened, and then I just deleted it because I don't want to put it out there. You know, like I think, because I, I have been raped. I'll go ahead and say that. Yeah. And I said it on the internet, and then I just didn't want to put it out there, so I deleted it. For sure. And we could take it that way. There's a chance that she was forced into that. Yes. Physically, it's possible. I don't know that. You know what? I'll just let it lay there. Just gotta, um, all right. <laughs> let it lay there like a dog's dick. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> you know, I got a joke. I got to do something. Of course. We're talking about bestiality, corpses, heads. Yeah. This is a lot. So, and then all of this happened to her because she is part Arcturian alien, sent to be a spiritual paradigm shifter on Earth. Right, right, right. She did. We all for, we forgot about that. She's mm -hmm. also said she's part alien. Mm -hmm. Okay, perfect. Let's put that in there. I feel like a Hollywood producer on a lot of cocaine writing a script. Yeah. You know, like, okay, so she's fucking a dog. All right, great. What's next? Yeah. I uh, sewed up a side of a corpse. Yes. All right, her job got blown off and she's fucking them. And then he takes pieces of the body and then he uh, he eats the body. It does sound like the Michael Bay version of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the remake that- um, I would love to see this movie. It's terrible. Oh, I'm going to get so many people upset with me. I hate that movie. I think he sucks at <laughs> movies. I'm going to get the Bay, the Bay heads. Bay heads are coming after me. So- then there is all the physical evidence that no one ever saw. These are some of the things she says happened to her physically. So, of course, we've mentioned the gynecological issues as a result of the sex trafficking. She was examined in 2000, I think in five, 2005, she took her story to the police about what happened to her. Okay. They, you have to go through an examination. They didn't find anything. Really? When that happened. Now, and, again. You know, cops mess up all the time. But I mean, like, a gynecologist. A gynecologist. They sure, you know, doctors. I, I want to give her the benefit of the I know. Doubt. I know. I do, too. I, however. They found nothing. If you were a child human trafficked to that many men and had a man doing, like, rough abortions on you, had Eight a miscarriage, times a there would be a lot of scar tissue. Th those things are visible. It, it's. It's just the way it is. Yeah. It doesn't mean she didn't experience something. She could have been molested. She could have had something happen to her. But oh, yeah. her claims would show on a person. You know, then she has the physical things, the, the rudimentary equipment of those abortions, the ongoing use of ketamine, dormitor, 
xylazine, opiates, peyote, and speed, which no one ever saw her appear to be on all these things. But she said she was constantly injected with them. Her being addicted to these things. Again, no parents, no... No. Authority. Nobody ever saw her. Yeah. Didn't you say she was taking horseback riding lessons? Lots of stuff. stuff. She was a skier. I mean, was everybody in this cult and then like hiding it? It would have to be Everybody's a conspiracy of such a size. It would have to be like a yeah. city's worth, like Salt Lake City as a whole is in on this thing with her. I mean, that would be a cool her. movie. That sounds like, um, what's that What's that thing where all the wives are uh, robots? Stepford Wives. That's like a Stepford Wives, but they're all in a satanic cult, yes. you know? Yes, it's like it's like gang stalking where you're being, you know, hunted by like a huge group of people. Yeah, the swimming teacher, like she's in on it. Yeah, she was also on a skiing team. So there was her being, she said she was constantly electrocuted, which would have resulted in neurological damage. I'm sorry, I'm I know, laughing. I know, this I know. This is crazy. <laughs> she said she mo- broke multiple bones, including rib fractures. She broke, I think, an arm at one point, but there's no, there's no records of this anywhere. Ligature marks due on neck due to strangulations, ligature marks on wrists and ankles due to being tied for nights at a time with no food. If this really happened to somebody, the way I would be such a wild woman with knives for hands, you know? Sure. And maybe that's... Maybe that's... She wouldn't react that way. However, the physical side of it would show. There's not a single picture of her as a kid with anything. She was a model in bikinis. Yes. So... Pronounced skin irritation to this member in the stinging nettle whenever you read the intro to her book. Scars on wrists from being bled, broken bones, like I said, being tied up for days with no food. Her parents would deny claims that she would be missing for days at a time, like I said. Oh, her parents that, denying everything. Yeah. Yes. Beyond that, a tiny frame child tied to a hob, like hobble horse style for days would show extreme physical damage. Like if Your you spine were tied, yes, if you were tied like an animal as a little kid with ropes for days and nights at a time with no food, you would show. There would be physical repercussions for that. Your spine would look like a question mark because it's growing. Yes. And you you would have like open raw skin on your hands and ankles being tied up and having a rake scraped down her back and pins put under her cuticles. This is something that cannot be ignored on your fingers. She is positing that a child would have bleeding fingernails. That would most likely become infected. And no one, not her parents, not her school teachers, not a doctor, not any of her after school activity teachers, no, none of them from any therapists, saw her infected, bleeding fingernails. That's, it doesn't make any sense. I'm sorry, but it does not. <laughs> yeah, there's a whole community. And granted, you know, sometimes things happen in public and people think somebody else is going to make the phone call, but repeatedly... And, you know, it's not a passerby. It's it's children that you know. Even kids who the system has failed. If they're going to school every day, their teacher sees bruises on them or other signs of like, you know, oh, they might report it and m- nothing might get done. There's not been one teacher who's come forward from her childhood and says a student that she went to school with and said, I do remember I saw I saw this. I saw that. We'll get into some other stuff that she did to one of the uh, her friends in her early 20s. Well, we'll talk about it more next week, but she tried to convince her friend 
who, when they were in the early 20s, that she was also in the cult with Teal, that she was also an abused child. And the girl's going, no, I, I wasn't. And Teal tried to convince her that she went through it with her as a kid. And she's like, I didn't live near you. I have... I remember my childhood. I was not in a cult with you. But she tried to get her to go see Barbara Snow. Oh, my God. Just to have like an accomplice? I think. Because no one's coming forward and saying yes. And by the way, if you're a teacher, you have to report these things. If you hear a student talk about suicide or self-harm or it looks like they've been abused, you legally have to report it. Because if something happens, you are now a part of the case. It's kind of like as a bartender, if someone comes in drunk and I keep serving them and they came in drunk and they go get in a car wreck, I am like partly responsible. Right. Yeah. You know, who knows what the laws were in that time period in that area, but for sure, even if they wouldn't have had legal repercussions, one person has never come forward saying they saw this happen. And these are big things. They're big. These are huge, getting electrocuted. Yeah. So whenever Barbara Snow, by the way, this is in the 80s and 90s, what I'm going back to, but whenever she was making these claims about what had happened to kids in court cases, stuff like this would happen. The affidavit claims that several nearly identical allegations exist in several of these cases, Three of the cases allegedly include prominent reference to playing with, consuming, and bathing in human excrement. Pictures drawn by some of the children in treatment with Barbara Snow in two of the cases are claimed to be identical. Men dressing in women's clothing and the use of costumes and masks were described by children in two of the cases. In three cases, the children described large groups of adults congregating for the purpose of touching naked children and referred to the use of candles and pentagrams for satanic rituals. The affidavit further alleges that no known connection exists between any of the cases except for the involvement of Barbara Snow in the investigations and the inability of law enforcement to discover any corroborating evidence of the group activities, such as photographs, paraphernalia, etc. So so explain that to me like I'm stupid. No, no. I, the reason I'm bringing this up is because these are things that Barbara Snow's clients came forward with from only her The only thing that all of them have in common is that they all were treated by Barbara Snow. They weren't from the same families. They weren't from the same area. But But Barbara Snow has all these kids with this, wow, horrible background. Yes. And even even though Teal's stories aren't the same exact things, it's in the same realm of like the bathing in human excrement and the, the candles and the pentagrams. Excessive. It's all the same kind of cartoonish level Satanism ideas. Barbara Snow sounds like she's got a wild imagination. Hey kids, you played in human excrement and had to have sex with a corpse. We're about to wrap it up, but wait till you hear what happened with her during this time period when she was seeing Teal. So she was discredited pretty succinctly by the police feeding her false information that, you know, like we talked about, she was feeding the the kids false information that she got from the cops and the kids parroted back. But she didn't see Teal until the early 2000s. The other stuff that was going on was in the 80s. And then she kind of fades. We don't know what happened in the 90s with her. She was under the radar. She probably still did a bunch of fucked up things. But so we only know about her again when she sees Teal because Teal became a notable person. She didn't get into enough trouble to lose her license at that time in the 80s, though. I think personally, I think if she was in New York or one of the more like urban city-based states, she would have lost it. But Where she is in Utah is already kind of based on very, like, 
homespun religious doctrine. So I think that her claims just sort of like went away. Yeah. Because they're more prone to just think about things in spiritual ways. So what was Barb up to in the 2000s at the time she saw Teal? Oh. Well, <laughs> Barbara Snow's own family was filing complaints against her. Her own family? According to documents obtained by Gray Faction from the Utah Department of Professional Licensing Social Work Board, Snow was providing services to two of her family members, a sister-in-law and her daughter, and had been treating family members for at least 15 years, which is definitely in itself against... Oh, so she's treating her own family. Yes. I feel like that's illegal, right? I don't know if it's illegal or if it's just immoral and that you can get in trouble with your license. Like, I feel like it's a thing that you get your license taken away from, but I don't think you would go to jail or anything. I mean, Lord help me if I had a kid and then she's my therapist. She's like, mom, don't you think you have to, how do you feel about that? Like, I I feel like you need a whooping. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So that, that in itself is a problem, right? So the treatment to her family members included hypnosis which is the same thing. It's the same memory regression stuff, which led to the supposed recovering of repressed memories of abuse by her sister-in-law's husband, which would mean that it was she was making the accusations against her own brother. So one of the complaints filed by a family member Snow is treating state. I told Barbara that I would redacted when he got home. He was out of town at the time. She was furious that I would confront him. So she's taught this is this quote is talking about this is the sister-in-law talking about Barbara Snow's brother who she's accused of. Oh, and she's abuse. saying uh, don't confront him about yes. it. Yes. Hide it. Yes. She was furious that I would confront him and wanted me to leave him and never talk to him again. Needless to say, I did confront him because I wanted answers and this was a horrible accusation. That was the night of February 8th, and I did not talk to Barbara again until she showed up at my door on February 11th with a bat in her hands. So she's just doing therapy on this woman being like, your husband abused you. It was my brother. It was her brother. And then, of course, I want to go confront them because you love your husband or you're with them. Yes. You don't want to just leave into the night. Yes. So the sister-in-law asked her husband about what, like, what the fuck is she talking about? And then Barbara found out, probably her brother called her and was like, what the fuck, dude? Yeah. And so she shows up at their house with a baseball bat. Jeez, but she's such a tiny white lady. What you gonna do, baby? Well, What you gonna do, Barbara? What is she gonna do? Let's see. Snow then entered the residence and asked if SJ's husband was home. After finding out that he was not, she went into his office and started swearing and smashing things. SJ's husband is her brother. As her brother, including a laptop, computer, and office equipment, causing thousands of dollars worth of damage. There was numerous witnesses to these events, including both family members being treated by Snow. In fact, they attempted to stop Snow from causing more damage, but she then began to hit them with the bat, too, and both reported that they were bruised by Snow. She smashed the laptop, along with our home computer, printer, pictures with everything in the room, including me, one complaint stated. When they tried to stop her, Snow claimed that SJ knew about the abuse and let it happen. Snow left after the police were called, and a report along with photographs documented the incident. According to the Provo, Utah Police Department, Snow had these records expunged in August of that same year. Snow evaded the police and hired an attorney, one of the complaints alleges. So she once, fucking went in their house and smashed it up. breaking stuff. And then when her sister-in-law 
was confronting her, she just said, you knew about it too. You're one of the molesters. Snow is crazy. And I don't like to throw that word around. But I mean, I think she's not crazy. No. So in essence, they filed a complaint against her for not only treating her own family, which is against, you know, the rules and unethical, but putting them through this recovered memory bullshit. And you're not going to believe this. They were also victims of satanic cult abuse and military mind control experiments. Oh my, this is what happens when you give Karen too much power. It's true. And on top of that, she accuses her brother of molesting his family. So her family, who was more interested in Snow getting mental health counseling and not getting charges pressed against her, didn't press charges. They didn't want her to go to jail. They wanted her to yeah, get mental health treatment. Yeah, because she's family. Snow is the one that's accusing people and wanting to send them to jail. The family's yes. like, help her. Yes. And so this is a statement from her family. I believe it's her sister-in-law. Her sister-in-law says, Barbara is unbalanced and does not have a grip on reality and should not be allowed to practice on the basis that she broke her oath as a professional. She can no longer be objective with information. And the fact that she was treating her own family members and has been for over 15 years is a slight breach of ethics. It's her own family is just like she is out there. Mm -hmm. I do not pursue this matter legally, which is something I could have done because of the redacted family member wanted Barbara to get help, which she refused to do. She needs to be stopped. And I hope with the terrible accusations she's made, but more importantly, her actions speak volumes here that she should not be able to renew a license that she has not honored, but broken too many rules that govern the reason why we have them in the first place. So she received a, I think, four month suspension of her license for this shit. What? It doesn't even show up on her records like it said what? earlier. Yeah. They probably should have pressed charges because apparently the Utah Department of Professional Licensing Social Work Board doesn't seem to give a fuck. Oh um, but it is on record with the police department. So it, there is yeah. people who can. But if I'm looking at therapists and if I'm going to you and I'm trusting you with information, again, it's like surgery for the soul. I'm trusting you with my very valid spiritual past. Yes. And you're like, you know, messing with it. Uh huh. So this woman. You can go see her right now. You therapy. can go see her. But so when this was happening, this story, this was concurrently when she was seeing Teal. Wow. So. Wow. So but while she was, and Teal has all these wild accusations of, you know, necrophilia, again, sewn inside the body, being stabbed and tortured. But she never had those until she saw Barbara Until Snow. she saw Barbara Snow, the mm -hmm. same woman that broke into, who's she's, sorry, I'm just trying to wrap my mind around you go to your sister-in-law and say, "You're my brother, your husband has been torturing you. And she, you know your sister-in-law is going to confront him. So then Barbara Snow goes to their house and breaks everything with a baseball bat. Yes. And I, that's picture evidence. Yeah. And I think that that, and they didn't, they should have pressed charges, obviously, yeah. in retrospect. But that is, I think was her rationale was that like the military's mind control stuff was on their computers or whatever. Oh, cool. Yeah. Right, so, of course. You know, as as it does. So, yeah, we'll probably wrap it up here because we're going over a little bit. But there's a whole lot more to talk about next week. Um, oh, my God. And it's, it's icky to talk about this because I want to believe victims. I know. And, and the thing that's another frustrating part of this is that there's an overarching suggestion by her and for pe from people like her that you simply aren't prepared for this kind of revelation. That people are questioning you because you just can't handle the truth. This just could not be farther from reality. Teal herself uses this as an example quite often for why she has haters. And yes, she uses the term haters all the time. 
you know, like a heightened alien spirit being does, Mm -hmm. that people aren't ready to accept things like ritual abuse. And that's why they're denying it. It's similar to the wording Q people or anti-vaxxers use, which is like, sheep, open your eyes. Are you awake yet? Like that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. with total lack of irony. That being awake to our collective existence is to accept literally anything at face value is, you know, it's depressing to me um, and naive. But because you want to have a grip on reality, because if we don't, to. then what is what? Up is down. Blue is red. Who cares? You have to. Pedophiles. I was touched. You were touched. Yeah. And it's because fucked up stuff is happening. But we have to focus on the things that are real and allowing people to just randomly throw out accusations with zero evidence is a grave disservice to the children and people actually going through torture and abuse. Many people, including myself, want to see the dark side of things. I want to expose darkness to light. I want to see these things and stop them. But we can't just accept every accusation that comes out here without and then just dig our heels in and go, nope, I'm not even going to check. I believe it. I would argue that it buries the actual missing and exploited deeper into obscurity. Because we, we, so many people seem to prefer to have this like movie plot version of it where it's like enemy and hero and that there's somehow that that's how it works, but it's not. It's a lot more complicated. It's a lot more nuanced. And someone like Teal Swan doing something like this is deeply and morally wrong for so many reasons. I mean, I'm, I get worked up. I know. Because also I want to go see a therapist. Of course, yeah. You know? Yeah. But some of them, I don't want to break it in my house with a baseball bat. Yeah. I mean, that's also <laughs> another scary part. It's like, yeah, you can do, you know, if you went for, if you wanted to go see Barbara Snow and you did a quick Google search, all of this would show up. So that that's the very least. Like, if you didn't know who she was and you're like, oh, just going to see if my therapist has a, like an online footprint. This is the first shit that will show up. Like, her Wikipedia with all of the satanic panic stuff will show up. And then you'd be like, oh, okay. Maybe I should go somewhere else. Yeah. So that's that's some of my advice is, you know, just do a quick background check on people you go see. Yeah. Mental health professionals, whatever. People don't yeah. have to be perfect, but they should know what reality is and what isn't. Yeah. Anybody you trust with money, um, time, energy, mm-hmm. just do a little quick Google. Yeah. Yeah, you know, if it's a it's a alleged like spiritual professional or whatever you want to call it, if they're using terms like haters, I would just like immediately take a step back and like go a little deeper because that's what a child says. That's a stupid fucking thing to say. My haters. My haters. <laughs> yeah. So, all right guys, we're uh we're going to wrap it up here this week, but we'll be back to go further into this shit show, this nightmare circus. Come join us uh, next week when we maybe conclude, maybe not. We'll see how many episodes we got left this here. Is a lot. Uh, Teal Swan and her teal, teal tribe, tealers. Her they teal call them teal, tealers. I am Natalie Jean, and with me, as always, is Amber Nelson, saucy, pert, and greasy. Bye. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com.
BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. When it comes to buying your first home, everyone has questions. Can we even afford to buy a house right now? Well, I need to negotiate. How do I even negotiate? Luckily, a REMAX agent has answers. Hey, Brian, those are really good questions. They are? Thanks. It's my first time buying. I work with first-time buyers all the time. I got you. REMAX agents have more experience than other real estate agents. Visit REMAX.com or download the REMAX app to find the right agent. The right agent can lead the way. Each office independently owned and operated.